Welcome to the Shadow Things Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Shadow Things Podcast. I'm joined today by my co-host... Vanessa, what's up? So, I'm Brent Fair, and this is our first pilot episode. Not even episode number one, but episode zero of the Shadow Things Podcast. And um, it's really just a chance for us to um, kind of explain what this podcast is all about, uh, what we're trying to do with it what we're not trying to do with it, um, and just, uh, you know, introduce ourselves on this episode, tell us a little bit about, tell you a little bit about who we are and why we're doing this, and um, explain the show, you know, what are we going to talk about on this show, how do we hope to gain your interest, Um, stuff like that, so um, I'm going to lead off by trying to explain uh, what Shadow Things Podcast is, so basically what's in the name, so Shadow things. Um, some people might think about, you know, shadow people or maybe even a shadowy government. Well, if you're one of those types that think about those two topics, you know, and associate the name, you're right. So it's anything shadowy or mysterious um, that doesn't fit into the typical norm of everyday news and pop culture conversation. So we're talking about UFOs. We're talking about ghost hauntings psychic abilities psychic phenomenon um, you name it even paranormal pop culture cryptids cryptids cryptozoology you know all the good stuff that that makes people you know scratch their heads and gather around a campfire at night so all that good stuff that's it's kind of why we're doing shadow things um that's what the show is really about so I would like to say that we differ from other paranormal podcasts because we're kind of, we're kind of trying to give that that Joe Rogan experience type of paranormal podcast. Mm-hmm. So this is not about um, somebody trying to launch a podcast and get super famous or get a television show. We're going to cuss on this show. We're going to speak our minds. We we'll try to keep it down a little bit. But this is a show where we're going to share opinions and um, really let you have it with the, you know, the opinion piece of, of, uh, you know, our thoughts about the state of paranormal topics, uh, ufology, um, you know, everything that the name Shadow Things encompasses. So, Mm -hmm. so we're, we're not going to hold back. This is an uncensored program where, you know, every time you tune into one of our episodes in the future, you can expect us to keep it real Um, we're not going to sugarcoat things Um, you know we're just going to try to be as real and genuine about these topics as possible and we actually live in a 
in a time now where everybody's trying to tread lightly and be PC, even, you know, people in this paranormal field, you know, whether it be ufology or ghost hunting, uh, people tend to want to ride the thin line. Well, guess what? We're, we're not. So we're, we're going to say what we want to say and share facts. Um, we're not here to bullshit anybody. Um, you know, it is what it is. So that's what this show is about. What it's not about, I kind of covered as well. So we're not here to um, gain anything, really. We appreciate the viewership, um, the listenership, you know, however you're, you're getting this distribution of our podcast. We appreciate you. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really all about having fun, having a good time doing that, because Vanessa and I, we share, um, you know, a common bond when it comes to these topics. So, you know, it's, it's, it's of high interest of us and, and we want to share that with you and keep it real and give you that kind of Joe Rogan type experience. So, yeah, I, I guess if you have ever been with one person and you get on the subject of all these crazy things and you're like, you share your opinions and you're like, damn, I wish that we could throw this on a podcast because the conversation just goes like every which way and that you you know you you learn so many interesting yeah. things from one another and yeah. i guess that's the whole point you get to shooting the shit with that one other person that you share this common bond with and you're like oh wow man i kind of want to share this with the rest of the world you yeah. know what i mean it's so. it's cool too because um you and i share this interest but every guest that comes on to the shadow things podcast is in the same boat, you know, where all people gather around the campfire for the night, roasting marshmallows, looking up at the sky and talking about things that really keep us up at night. Um, You know, even we even have a third co-host, Mandy. Um, She's my wife and, um, you know, she's not here with us today for for technical reasons. However, she will join us for some future shows. And, um, you know, like I said, we're going to take on an array of guests Uh, depending on uh you know what topic we're doing for the evening but um yeah so that's that's kind of the gist of the show and you know our our topics are our topics but we're going to structure the show a certain way to where um we are going to and i'll just keep it real we're going to pick apart we're going to have a a portion of the show where we're going to take 20 to 30 minutes and we're going to absolutely try to obliterate some of these hokey pokey YouTube videos that we find, you know, where the, where the, where the cabinet drawers are flying open and you can all but see the string attached to plates and shit. It's like, come on. So we're going to, we're going to really dig into the, to the quackery on YouTube, you know, with uh, all these paranormal caught on video type things that you see there. Um, You know, and there's going to be, other segments that we structure along the way but for for today's podcast um you know we're just keeping it about us in the show so you can get to know what you're uh what you're getting from us so uh one thing that i want to do is start talking about who we are and you know what brought us into this and vanessa we'll we'll have you kind of lead it off so tell everybody why you got into the paranormal well um, is a big, big part of my childhood. You did it for many years, and I watched as a child. Now, listen, I didn't know shit about F. 
I didn't know anything. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that it was super cool and intriguing. And then, like, it kind of coincided with my beliefs and, like, the older I got. And this is shit you're not supposed to talk, like, think about when you're, I don't know, six or seven years old. But when I was six or seven, I was watching you do this. You know, this was your life and this was your passion. And I watched and, you know, I developed my own anxieties about the world and but this kind of has always was be, it was always like a coping thing for me this is why I became passionate about it is because it's the, the things that people fear the unknown the anxieties about the unknown when you dig into it it's it's almost comforting to me to me it is um yeah and that's kind of why I'm here it's kind of why I do it it's never it's never left me, I guess. Yeah. So. I, I guess uh, if you spend some time in your childhood sleeping with the, the lights on and your head under the cover, not letting your feet hang out of the blanket or going under your bed, it's kind of worthwhile knowing why you do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a motivator. And I was one of those kids, too, where I was scared of everything. Quite literally sleep with the comforter up to your ear so like some entity didn't walk up and whisper in your ear for sure i don't want shit whispering into my ear in the middle of the night so yeah for sure so so about what age you say oh i would say six or seven six or seven yeah yeah so and kind of kind of that area for me too is when i you know first started uh thinking about this stuff yeah it's weird we'll certainly get into that uh more about me here in a minute, but what what are some of your key interests in in all things shadowy? Life after death, of course. That's um, a good one. I stay up all night thinking about that. And so. it's I hate it. Like <laughs> I hate the mind can just it's like a black hole sometimes. But but this is this is real stuff, and we're not the only ones that lie awake at night thinking about it. So life after death um, realms beyond this one, I suppose. Yeah. If there's any, which like to think there are um life outside this planet this galaxy whatever you want to call it i don't know i hate to sound i hate to sound uh cliche but life outside the the planet like that's what it is man is et out there or what yeah that's kind of where i'm at with it is and i could go on and on about that you know extraterrestrials cryptids what kind of creatures are are walking around and we don't even know like we don't even know right you know what i mean so right yeah i could go on and on well yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at too um so i I guess a little bit about me uh why did i get into the paranormal um like vanessa i started because so i didn't get into the paranormal uh, right off the bat. So around eight or nine or so, just like everybody else, I was scared shitless of the dark and, um, you know, what thinking about what's in the closet and, you know, just the typical things that kids who are scared of stuff like that think about. Um, I think that what really tipped it off for me is I had my own personal experience when I was, uh, I think I was nine or 10 where I developed a fever. I'm going to keep this short, and I don't mind sharing it. Maybe it comes out more in a, a later episode. But 
And you know the story. I do. I, I developed a fever. I was, I was a f- sick fucking kid. You know, I, I w- had a fever all the time, and um, I don't know why. Maybe maybe mom dropped me on my head a couple times, but <laughs> um, I always had this sickness, but particularly around when I was 9, 10 years old. But I had a fever one time. It was like 104 and a half, something like that, before the covid days. But, um, you know, I started hallucinating, and I see this figure um, standing in, you know, my proximity in, you know, the, the house there. And, um, you know, it was as real as it got for me. And basically, um, I told it to go away. It went away. Well, long story short, talked to my dad the next morning about the sickness. You know, I was feeling better. And he was like, well, who were you talking to in the kitchen? And I said, well, it was this guy. And he was like, uh, well, what did he look like? So I don't know if he believed in it or anything like that. But I described him to his clothes and what he actually looked like in the face and everything. And uh, turns out that I described his father to a T. So um, he showed me a picture of his, his dad, which would be my grandfather, of course. And it was the same guy. And he died in 1972. I was born in 1975. So at that point, you know, of course, I'd never met the man because he passed before I was born. However, I'd also never seen any photographs of him in in the photo albums that my dad kept tucked away. Um, So I had no way of knowing that was... There's no way that was subliminally put into my consciousness for me to hallucinate at that point so in my mind that was as real as a ghost gets bizarre it it appeared at a time of crisis it went away upon my request and i never saw him again until later later on in life and we'll get into that when we get into our experiences but that's really what started um, making me want to read books even at an early age i remember in elementary school i would go into the school library and other kids were looking at, you know, race car books or Star Wars and G.I. Joe was huge when I was a kid. I would go straight for, like, the Hardy Boys. My first book that I ever read was Hardy Boys and the Mystery of the Green Ghosts. It was the scariest thing I ever read, and it was so stupid. But I, that was my first ghost book. And, of course, my mom was super into the paranormal. And I never paid attention until I got a few years down the road from there. But uh, I would find she had these supernatural cult books and stuff like that laying around. And I started looking at them like, this is some weird shit. <laughs> like some of the covers had symbolism on it and like dudes doing yoga with um, bones in their ears and shit. And I'm like, what? I, I, didn't, I didn't know what it was about until right. I really started digging in. And it showed pictures of these guys levitating and you know so i started reading mom's books like wow you know i had to kind of cope with reality that this stuff actually might be real because i've had this experience and they're talking about this stuff in these books so i dug into that and then for whatever reason while looking through the school libraries i remember i was in middle school i was in the sixth grade and I came across a book about Project Blue Book, and I picked it up and read it, and I remember the first case I read in that book, and it was about the incident at Exeter, Rhode Island, 
So it was a UFO case. And I was absolutely hooked from there. Mm. So that started kind of my ufology journey, why I was interested in that. And, of course, when, you, when you're when you into ghosts and you're into UFOs, you start looking into weirder shit like Nessie, mm-hmm. so the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, you're looking at Bigfoot, stuff like that. So that's kind of my youth experience and why I've developed into, um, you know, my interest today. Um, and then there's a lot more things that's happened since I've been an adult, you know, and you know a lot of them. And, um, so that's kind of where I came into, you know, this field. So it's, uh, I certainly believe in a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about on the shadow things, but my experience over the years, um, I investigated the paranormal as an adult for about 14 years until I got out of it. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot of, I've learned to accept that not everything is real, even if I want it to be real. Of course. So, um, my key interest is all of those things as well. You know, ghosts, UFOs, psychic phenomenon, um, even demonology, you know, that I don't, this is another topic for another show, but I'm not a hundred percent sold on that shit. You know, everything that you see on TV now is a ghost or, you know, a demon. They always resort to the demon in the corner of the basement. It's like, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but Lucifer is not hanging out in Boca Raton, Wisconsin, in, in some basement. No. He is fucking not there. I can imagine not, no. No, he's not. They're, they're, if there's an entity, a non-pleasant one, maybe it's like that, but it's not him. Lucifer's on Netflix. You know, that's a pretty funny show, but he's not hanging out in, in Grandma Cosro's uh, basement. He's just not. I'd like to believe that uh, Lucifer looks a lot like Tom Ellis, but, you know. Yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of ladies do, but, um, um, yeah. So, I, like, I, you know, it, it goes it goes the same way for me. Uh, I just can't. I'm looking forward to being able to express my feelings about all of these things and like there's there's creatures like bigfoot and there's creatures like oh chupacabra is that what that's yeah, called a chupacabra <laughs> a chupacabra you um, have that that spanish hey i can't pull it off but <laughs> uh you know just creatures like that and then there's spiritual creatures like yeah. I don't know. I guess skinwalkers. Yeah, for sure. Skinwalkers. I just, in recent years, learned that that was a thing. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Huge. Um, man, I, I don't know. I just, I've seen a lot of things the older I get. Not like personally, but like, you know, you got TV, you've got the internet, you've got YouTube, and you're like, some, some, some things you just can't explain like i don't have an explanation for right and then there are some things that really just kind of make me giggle so right 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 uh, there's a lot that makes me giggle <laughs> and some that makes me want to throw shit at the tv <laughs> but some of the stuff and you can ask mandy um i i'll tell her we'll be sitting down watching you know some paranormal show yeah. where they have a panel of goofballs on there uh-huh. and they're like not mentioning any shows in particular i will not do that uh bash shows on this show um, but I'll keep it real and just kind of keep it general. There are some shows out there with panels of experts and watch this experts um, that, um, you know, they 
no one on those shows they try they try to bolster the the evidence you know um, if there's nothing exciting going on these shows and they're trying to shoot it down or be skeptical or critical of what they're seeing the show's gonna not get views after that so they're trying to bolster it yeah the aliens seem very interested in this guy's basement you know it's like <laughs> oh did it to me i just seen a dust ball in front of the ir portion of the camera that's a little out of focus um not a demon so but when i see something interesting on those shows i am the first one to kind of raise my hand and say holy shit that was awesome yeah i don't have an explanation for that and i'm the most skeptical person you're going to come across it is so incredibly exciting when you don't have an explanation for something yeah it's like i've seen videos about things like fairies yeah. You ever, you know what I mean? Um, people seeing creatures the size of, I don't know, dragonflies in their trees that yeah. are like humanoids. And right. like, you hear about all this stuff. And like, I've seen actual videos of things that I'm just like, what? Yeah. I don't have an explanation for that. And that is just so exciting to me. Right. And then there are times where it's like, okay. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know. Yeah. And and you know what? I never, I'll never dog out someone's experience because some of the things that I've seen and not a whole lot, I've never, I've not, I'm not like a paranormal expert here, but I've had my own experiences and, um, you know, who, who am I to take someone else's experiences away by trashing, you know, what they've experienced. So like, I'm not going to ever tell anybody, no, you didn't see a fairy. Maybe they did. I seen my grandfather who had passed away three years prior to my birth. I mean, people would laugh at that, but I'm telling you that happened. And mm-hmm. there's there's really no taking that from me. So I'm not going to say, well, you didn't see a fairy because that's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Maybe it sounds ridiculous, but maybe there are fairies. I don't know. I've never seen one, but that's that's the reality we live in. I could imagine that when you have an experience like seeing your grandfather... In a kitchen, um, who's passed on, that's going to open your mind to things like fairies and as goofy as it sounds. Yeah. A, a fairy could damn well be in that tree. Yeah. Well, and just kind of a little backstory to fairies now that you mentioned them. So my mom, who's now passed, um, she passed about 19 years ago, and that's a, that's actually episode number 10 about what we're going to discuss on A Shadow Things, um, her whole story. But um, my mom was heavily into this, and she was a master astrologer, um, you know, into the supernatural and all that stuff. But in her childhood, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but maybe in her childhood, she swears up and down, you know, when we talked about it, she swore up and down that she saw a fairy. Mm-hmm. And she didn't quite describe it as a fairy, but um, that's kind of the way I interpret it. Um, Basically, there was a time where um, there was a neighborhood girl and everybody was, you know, playing outside and everything. And this girl always talked about her little imaginary friend, described her as being one foot tall and having wings. And it was a female um, and it would just kind of follow her around the neighborhood and in her house and stuff like that. So all the kids, including my mom, just laughing like, right? you know, I think all kids have imaginary friends, but this one had an imaginary fairy. And everybody laughed until one day she 
was playing with all the kids and said, oh, look, there's my friend. I think she called her by name. Yeah. But she was like, oh, look, up there, there's Belinda or whatever yeah. the hell her name was. And my mom and everyone else turned around and looked up into this little attic window that had the little louvers. I can't remember what the hell you call those. Um, and there was a one-foot-tall figure that appeared to have wings, and then it just vanished. Everybody saw it. My mom saw it. She described it. She said it looked like a stereotypical fairy. Oh, my goodness. So you have a mass sighting by the neighborhood kids. They all didn't imagine it. You know, they, I, I can't take that from any of them. So perhaps fairies do exist. Something. It's yeah. got to be something. I mean, you got that many people, that many kids walking down the damn sidewalk, and there's a thing, and everybody collectively sees it as a unit. Yeah. Like what? For sure. What denying is there to do? Yeah, and and that's what we're not here to do on this podcast. I I think you agree. We're not here to take away from anyone. No, not to discredit anybody's experiences no. at but, all. But I am going to absolutely call out everybody that tries to pull a fast one for the sake of entertainment or uh, ratings, especially, you know, amateurs that put shit on YouTube and Mm -hmm. come on, get get out of here with that. I've seen some goofy stuff. And it ruins people because, uh, you know, people take that to heart. There are people that's very passionate about maybe something that's going on in their home or their place of business, Mm -hmm. and they're looking for answers on the internet. And they they come across these videos of like, um, a shadow figure hanging upside down in the threshold of the door of a dark room that just happened to get caught on camera. But in reality, it's a it's a costume and somebody just hanging upside down on the some ladder or something. It's like that's so disappointing. That's, that's messing with people. It is. You know, I, I I'm gonna call that kind of stuff out like all day, but I'm not here to take away from people's experiences. Oh for no, because sure. I'm a huge believer in ghosts. Um, I've I've had my fair share over the years investigating the paranormal. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of places that are haunted. Um, when I ran my own team in Columbus, uh, we investigated lots of residences for families who were looking for answers. And that's another thing, too. A lot of teams nowadays, and, and this is one of the things that bugs me about the paranormal, and particularly the ghost field, or the ghost hunting field, teams are forming left and right since the advent of paranormal television, starting with ghost hunters. Uh, They're forming their own teams left and right um, under the guise that they're helping families find answers. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the flat-out reality. When you, and I know this from experience, when you go into a person's home, um, Number one, be real with the client. You're not going to give them any answers. You, aside from debunking, you know, why did the door fly open? Right. Why did you have that cold spot in the middle of the night? Why are you having bad dreams? Perhaps it's the alarm clock, you know, super high EMFs going into your brain and giving you these bad dreams or whatever. If you're doing those type of things and being real with your residential clients, kudos but man they're un- they're they're forming these groups under the guise of let's help the the client and get answers but really what they're doing is they're going to Cedar Point and Kings Island and Six Flags they're going into these people's homes 
to have a thrill time to mm-hmm. seek ghosts and get them on film to be that person that gets them on film and go straight to YouTube and present their EVPs or for sure to me that's horseshit be real with the client say you're there to hunt <laughs> ghosts not help them you know if you're not going to try your part at debunking you know be real with the client say I'm here to capture evidence and put it all over the fucking internet mm-hmm. I mean absolutely tell them that so I guess my opinion and I've always wondered the same thing um you see certain shows on television go in and say, I'm going to help this family. What are you going to help them do? You know what I mean? Well, what are you going to help them do? Yeah. You're going to obviously validate their experiences, which is great. You know, I I can imagine yeah. somebody who has experiences like the ones that are portrayed on television, these families saying, oh... Uh, there's a demon in my home and right. it's running my entire life. My, my kids can't sleep, blah, blah, blah. I could imagine there's some sense of comfort to having somebody who knows what they're looking for sure. come into your home, validate your experiences, call the Catholic priest, whatever they need to do sure. to attempt to... But listen, not a single one of these crews that go into these homes are there... To pull ghosts or demons yeah. out of your residence. Yeah. Well, some groups uh, might proclaim that they have someone on their team that has, let's say, a sensitivity to the other side mm-hmm. and has the ability to to act as a medium and relay messages and send people to the light. I don't know where I subscribe to at on the theory level there, yeah. um, but... You need to be real with your client if you're in a residential case and tell them that that's not your wheelhouse. You're mm-hmm. there to get the evidence and validate, like you said, their experience and be done with it. More so, debunk, help them have a peace of mind. You know, explain to them why they had that cold chill in the middle of the night. Well, you know, there's a vent right there. Maybe they overlooked it, something as mundane as that. Yeah. Some people overlook it, and they automatically go to that demon explanation, mm-hmm. which is sad. And that's where I think it's the responsibility of um, paranormal investigation teams to deliver to their client explanations first. Not, dude, did you hear that? It's a growl right behind me. It's an elemental. Sure. From Ireland. It's, that's like, we're, yeah. we're in Michigan, dude. <laughs> It's like, don't, don't fake your customers and or your clients. Yeah, no, you know? sure. As exciting as that is, I can imagine as a client or customer, I would want you to come tell me that uh, skinwalkers not living in my closet or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, that makes no sense. But you get my point. Like, I would imagine <laughs> as somebody who's having like crazy, I'm talking crazy experiences in the place where I lay my head at night to have experts come into my yeah. home. I want every scientific explanation that you can possibly give me. The last thing I want it to be is a damn yeah. Zozo demon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, um, when people seek out answers, unfortunately, the go-to is the internet. Yeah. I don't know how else you would seek out some professional to tell you why your plates are moving at night. <laughs> but you're going to go on the internet and you're going to find, you know, uh, groups like the Taps family. 
um, you're going to find other organizations that have a host of networking of any any state has a, a handful to dozens and dozens of paranormal teams that can come into your home and do an investigation for you and check out your claims um, you know it, and I think it's great that they have an outlet to have people come to their homes but you know back in the day like when my mom uh, would tell stories about the haunted places we've lived in and stuff mm-hmm. um, you know she would tell us that she sought help at the local bookstore like she would walk into the the local crystal tarot card shop and ask the clerk hey what do I do about you know and she would get her advice that way um, there were no teams back in the 80s that really did this mainstream you started getting teams and you did have classic ghost hunters back in the 80s um, I can remember in the early 90s um, some teams out of Pennsylvania that were doing really great investigative work um, you know but prior to that you got Harry Price one of the most famous um, ghost hunters um, Hans Holzer a pioneer I mean People that really dug in and, and did some science, did they author books and stuff like that? Of course. We'd never know about them. But um, the resource today is the Internet, and you're going to come across these networks of people that simply want to really come into your home and capture cool shit on camera. And I think that's a shame. I think it's, I think it's fine to an extent if that's what the client's looking for. You know, do they want validation? Because mm-hmm. they'll swear up and down that they've seen the chandelier swinging and a ghost boy hanging off of it. Well, if a team can go in and capture that, more power to them. Right. You know, but like you said, I don't think I don't think that a, a ghost hunting group or professional should mislead a client by saying I'm going to send him into the light. Yeah. You know, I, that's not a proven thing. No. And we've done this in the past. Call clergy. You know, if they want the house blessed and you're a believer in faith and that makes you feel better as a process, whether or not it actually worked is not the point. If you feel better because Father Mohaney come through and waved his holy water all over the place. Yeah. Fantastic. Even right. if it's a placebo effect, at least that that homeowner, that business owner feels better about They feel like they got something out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, besides orb pictures. Some kind of resolution, I guess. So what, what really bugs me about the paranormal is really that people just, they go balls out, you man, about like the most mundane stuff. Like here lately, I'm getting a lot of calls and messages about um these ring video door cameras and you know these i i got cameras up in my house and i look at them every now and again and i see bugs and i see spider webs and stuff Mm -hmm. the big thing now is that spider webs are illuminated by the ir light yeah infrared light on the camera so at night you're only going to see a portion of that little uh, spider web and it looks like a figure dancing in your lawn or whatever yeah and it's cool looking but yeah but use your head like people people are so invested that that is dead uncle charlie outside by the by the tree just because it's exciting i mean you yeah, know it's exciting but but it's it's my job to bring him back down like well listen don't be scared listen linda it's not dead uncle charlie 
In the yard. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it bugs me that, you know, back in the early 90s, people would be so invested into the orb. Oh, yeah. So on the advent of digital cameras, you started seeing all the orbs, and people would people would actually have membership sites where you had to pay to see pictures of orbs. What? And my good friend Kurt is going to be on some future episodes and a regular guest of the show. And we, we have fun kind of going back in history and talking about all the horse shit and paranormal. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like he will tell you, too, there were membership sites where people would actually pay money to these charlatans that would – put pictures of orbs up there and, and super get up close to the orb. Shut up. And here's an example on our video right here of what people would, would look at. Um, you know, and you could see smiley faces and different colors yeah. and different layers outside like an aura. So automatically people are like, oh, it's a mad angry orb. Oh, you stop. Know, <laughs> it's bored. It needs attention. Or, you oh. know, it's it's a hungry orb. And then they went on to say like, um, this one chart described an orb like a cell, a cellular structure. They said this is the protoplasm of the orb. This is the nucleus. They they had a whole fucking biology of an orb, and it's a piece of dust. I just can't. I cannot even. Yeah, it's what. Well, here's the thing. Like, even back in those days when I was really naive about things, yeah. it just didn't make sense to me. No. And I wanted to believe that stuff. But Same. Yeah. While video orbs are 99% dust, yeah. I've seen some things that, that kind of interest me, but um, I was more happy to accept orbs on video more than I was orbs on, you know, in a still image just because they were in motion and stuff like that, but... If you blow anything up, you know, high resolution, and you start really zooming into things, it's going to look funky. It's going to be, you're going to pull all kinds of shit out of there. Like, you're going to make all kinds of things. Yeah. So, it, it bugs me that, I think it's sad that people get so invested into the science where there's no science. Oh, for sure. There's, there's no biology to a piece of dust. No. I mean, maybe there's dust mites on it. <laughs> yeah. Right? And there are. Right. But, um, it it bugs me. You know, don't don't have a membership site up to to look at the biology chart of an orb. I just I don't even know why that was ever a thing. I didn't know that was a thing until twelve seconds ago. Yeah, for sure. You're gonna oh, wow. You're gonna learn a lot of hookery from me. What in the <laughs> hell? Yeah, um, you know. So that bugs me. But you know, there's some reality out there as well. In my my times of investigating, and you've been into some haunted places too. Mm-hmm. I've seen some things that I just can't explain. I've been to some places that did give me the heebie-jeebies. My first place would be uh, OSR, Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio. You know, it's kind of the it's kind of the cliche go-to spot where people go and do these public haunts. Well, not to make myself sound dated and old, I was the first person to conduct a paranormal investigation at OSR. Mm-hmm. I was way before these ghost hunts started. Yeah. You know, I, I was back in the day of six directors ago of that place. And I had a private tour slash set up your stuff and capture stuff um, evening there. And it was fantastic because, you know, we, we did get some some very interesting things on audio. 
It was back in the day where we had analog. It wasn't a digital audio recorder, but it had a tape in it spinning. Yeah. I'm that old. Oh, stop. <laughs> so we had the tapes ready and new, get me a new tape. And it's crazy, but we did capture a lot of fun stuff there, you know, that we tried to pick apart some things on still camera that looked cool it could have been haunted mm-hmm. i've since been back i think we went one time for you know non-related tour but yeah um me and mandy we've done overnight ghost hunts here publicly mm-hmm. and it's so big you can find your own little hole and um, not see anybody for 10 minutes except for zach bagans when when he Stop. appeared <laughs> So it wasn't really Zach Bagan's people, but this guy looked just like him. And you and, sent me a photo, and I was tripping. Yeah, like. and the guy, the guy actually looked like him, and I was, I was pulling Vanessa's leg, like, look who showed up. And I was like, you better just shut the hell up right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited. The guy was super nice, but he followed me and Mandy around in like the uh, the hole and the the east shower room and stuff like that, and it kind of kind of felt like he was the ghost for a while, but. But literally, you can you can get away from everybody in that place and have a great experience, um, you know. So, I, but going back to why I'm talking about OSRs, I've had my first kind of creepy feel out of a place. Um, there's a there's a section on top of the reformatory um, called the Catholic Chapel, mm-hmm. and you got to ascend these creepy ass stairs. It's like a set of maybe thirty stairs. Yeah, that kind of goes up at a steep incline, but it's dark as hell. There's yeah. not power in portions of the building. And uh, I remember swinging open that door from the Brooks Hadlin room, mm-hmm. kind of off to, off to that room, yeah, to that stairways. And I remember asking Ron, the director at the time, what's up there? He said, well, that's a Catholic chapel. He said, you can go on up. I looked at them stairs. And I said, nope, I'm good. <laughs> and I was scared of nothing back in those days. Wow. It was the first place that, that really set my my bat alarm off you know it's like i'm not going up there because i don't know why and that's the weird part i don't know why that's it's uncomfortable can i tell you my first yeah uh so i'm telling you i was probably six or seven as i said the first place i ever went was when uh we got the call i can't remember somebody was working housekeeping at Fort Hayes. Yeah. And let me tell yep. you something. They were some I don't remember who it was. Um, they gave you a call and said, Hey, I'm hearing weird shit. Yeah. Weird shit's happening. So we all collectively as a family for whatever reason <laughs> went to this place. And that was the most unsettling experience. Just walking around there was uncomfortable to me. And I think that was the place where we caught the EVP in the locker room. Yes. And my God, do I wish we could find that. I remember that. And you're, I, you're talking about angels on the ground? No. Hey, let me out. Oh, yeah. Hey, let me out. And then you heard the locker sound. And you know what? And like every hair on my body is standing up right now. Yeah. And, and the reason why that is is because when we were recording, I was second to last to walk out of that locker room. That's always fun. I know for a fact nobody else was in that locker room. Nobody was saying, hey, let me out before the door closed. Yeah. I'm telling you, that really happened. I don't have an explanation for it. That borderline, as dramatic as this is going to sound, changed my life. No, that's fine. That's that's perfectly acceptable to anybody listening to that story. Absolutely crazy. Or anyone that's had that type of experience. Yeah. 
you know, and <clears throat> talking about that, Fort Hayes is a, um, it's an old military barracks in downtown Columbus, Ohio. Um, you know, President Lincoln's funeral procession procession went in front of that right outside. And, you know, there's a whole gathering there back in mm-hmm. the day. But, you know, now it's a school of arts and I can't remember what else is going on there, but there are portions of buildings that are still on that ground, that campus that belong to the U.S. military. I think it's an army mm-hmm. installation. Um, the building that you're talking about that we did our uh, time in was the recruiting center. Mm-hmm. So the United States Army recruiting building. It was huge for a recruiting building. Giant. But, um, so it was an army recruiting facility. Um we actually gathered as a team. At the time, it was Columbus Paranormal Investigation Group, CPIG, which later transpired or transformed into Para-X mm-hmm. Research Foundation, so PRF. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I can't remember what group we were at the time because that was really in our infancy. But, um, you know, we had we had some people there that, you know, had years of experience doing paranormal stuff and you know some great minded people some smart people um you know and some family and we went through that place with a fine tooth comb and there's some really great stuff happening in there so that was a game changer for me that was the first time i've and and we i just bashed the shit out of orbs but in the locker room on the second floor of that place Mm -hmm. at fort hayes i experienced for the first time in my life a visual sighting of um I, i'm gonna call it an orb it was a round ball of light that came out from underneath the benches in front of the locker room and absolutely did go into a wall wow i seen it and a couple of other people seen it that was with me that night mm-hmm. and we weren't looking at it through an ir viewfinder or a night shot sony camera back in the day yeah um we've seen it with our own eyes it did happen and that was cool that building was haunted there's something rolling around that place. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you, like, and I remember that night we were standing in like a warehousey part of the building. Yeah. Up front, there's kind of a warehouse. Yeah. Um, and it was a big open area. And I remember myself and listen again, six or seven years old. Yeah. When, when you're that age, it's a very delicate thing because I want to say, Kids will make shit up just for the excitement. But I really saw, I, I heard what I heard on the recorder, and that was life-changing enough. But I definitely did see um, a shadow, like, race car fast across a wall. Like a shadow thing. Yeah, like a shadow thing. And wow, it shadowed its ass right across that wall so fast, and <laughs> myself and one other person saw it, and... I didn't say anything because, of course, I'm just a kid. We had a psychic there that night. I don't know if you remember her. I don't know. We, uh, yeah, we had a psychic there that night. And she's, she actually said that that little warehouse gathering area there, yeah. right kind of where you walk in, mm-hmm. was the most active place in there. I disagree, but that's where you're saying you've seen your little shadow thing. It, it was just kind of like yeah. a... Yeah, yeah that, so, they're, so we're broadcasting from... Uh, Pluto, you know, on on the moon over there. No, we're actually in in, uh, central Ohio. So we've obviously done, you know, the normal cliche, scary visits to, you know, those type of places. That that was a case where we were called in to to take a look at things. Um, But, you know, we've done a lot of the buildings and 
haunt spots here in Ohio, of course. Um, I've been all over the country, and I'll get into that here in a little bit, but, um, you know, just, just kind of some of the things we've experienced here in the home state. Now, what what bugs you about the technology that you see on these paranormal shows? What, mm-hmm. And what do you, what excites you? So let me just start off by saying the stuff that has me like, you know, I guess I don't know how to explain that, throwing my hands up. Right. Is the things like I see a music box. Have you ever heard of a music box? Yeah. Yep. So it's essentially... It looks like a music box. It looks like a music box. I've seen some of them shaped like coffins. Yeah, and jukebox, like a like a jukebox. Literally. And it's essentially the same thing as, I mean, I guess, I'm no expert. It's essentially the same thing as like a K2 or something like that. It's something that detects whatever comes near it yeah. and goes off or makes noise or beeps. Right, well, this like thing, a REM pod. I just feel like that's so easy to, I don't, not manipulate. I don't want to sit here and say people manipulate. They might, but I, I guess my point is. is it's that, subject to interference. Yeah, like okay. how it's just too easy for something else not sure. paranormal to make the thing sound, you know, like. Play music, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I just see a lot of goofy shit, and I'm just like, come on. Yeah. And people really, like, will hype these up on YouTube, like, oh, man, you see that it's it's going off. That's that investment I'm talking about. That's the whole, you you know, the orb is angry, and here's the bio chart of the orb. That's that's how invested people and passionate people get into wanting to see and experience ghost stuff. So... I mean, I could see where that, what, what do you like? What is a piece of equipment out there that you see in, in Main Street, in Main Street pop culture that really excites you though? Something that really excites me is a spirit box. Like an SB7. Like actual voices. Yeah, Frank's box. and Coming over different, like several different sweeps. Right. Sometimes I just, I don't have an explanation for it. Like certainly that also is subject to interference. Sure easily and you'll get like a glimpse of a song on the radio or or like a little hit of the song on a radio and you'll hear it and you'll be like oh you know but when there is a full sentence over several different yeah sweeps i don't have an explanation for that and i think that is so cool and is it a coincidence that all of those frequency sweeps put together a perfect sentence and a sometimes perfect response to a question. An intelligent response. Yes, yeah, that does kind of get my goose a little bit. I think that's interesting, and mm-hmm. I've, I've had my own experiences with that. But I think the thing that really kind of keeps me a little skeptical of a radio frequency sweeping device like a Frank's box or an SB7 is the fact that, and you mentioned it, it is not only subject to interference, it, the premise works off of interference. Yeah. It is being interfered with by all the broadcasts that it is that is harnessing to, to create that experience. You're absolutely right. But what interests me is the fact that it does put those sentences together. So it's like, holy shit. Like, how does that even happen? And one of the big things for me in, in modern times is, um, you know, the, the introduction and the use of, um, of, if, of kind of the same technology – 
but the Estes method mm. of where you're, and, and it's popularized, um, you know, out west and on the the short television show Hellier, which is fantastic, and we'll we'll go through that show in a later episode. But mm-hmm. um, they use the Estes method on that show to uh, receive messages and. Some of the things that happen on that show through the Estes method, I, they're fantastic. Like, Blow me away. Like it's 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 uh, it has its place in the paranormal. I'm not totally ready to discredit it, but I I need to say that it works on the premise of interference. You know, it's a an FTC regulated device that says it has to accept interference, mm. right? So, but that is a that is a very interesting. Uh, tool that they use i think they use that more than just about anything that you see like on tv and i think a lot of groups in reality are starting to use those things um but for me i guess the one thing one piece of equipment i could really tear them all up (laughs) um is you know just the general emf meter Mm. i mean i i kind of grew into this field using these rum dum meters that detect god knows what in midair um I'll call a spade a spade. I mean, it's just a, it's a tool that lights up. It's, it detects interference again. Yeah. Um, electromagnetic interference, electrical interference, static discharge, stuff like that. Um, just about 95% of the devices that you can buy now are just made to entertain the user. I'm sorry, but that's what it is. That's why I have a hard time because... I go on the internet and I'm like shopping for all these extravagant things, but I don't trust a single damn one of them sure. because I feel it feels gimmicky. Like yeah. the K2 meter, the the little thing that fits in the palm of your hands that has the seven different lights on right. it. What is, I mean, you know, does it just light up periodically to get your feathers ruffled? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Now I will say, I think, I think that the creators of, such instruments for that use uh, meanwhile i think they believe in their product mm-hmm. i think that people's interpretation of these things as a means to scientifically prove or disprove a haunting is really flawed i really think that people are invested in the look of it and feeling like a scientist yeah because in, in actuality this is kind of a pseudoscience and i'm speak and i know shadow things is about more than ghosts it's about uaps and cryptids and mm-hmm you know, parapsychology and even some psychology things, but speaking strictly about ghosts and hauntings, you know, it, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about what people are actually doing out there. They're, they're doing science in their minds, but they're using these instruments that are very scientific feeling and uh, have that scientific description of what they're for. But it doesn't make you a scientist. No. Who let, let me ask you a question. Who says that ghosts are made up of energy? People What's on it? TV. Zach Bagan said it. Zach Bagan says it. <laughs> Not just Zach, but just about everybody on mainstream paranormal television will tell you that ghosts are energy. I'm sorry, but how do you know that? Yeah. I mean, I I prescribe to it being a good theory, but I'm not going to develop or invest anymore tons of money or you know i'm not going to develop a product that really detects the same kind of emf i don't care how it looks it's still detecting the same thing based on celebrities saying that they're made of energy yeah it just makes no sense to me it's is it a science kind of but 
don't don't call yourself you know you're not doing it for the basis of science really you're you're out there trying to get it to beep and light up yeah it's not proven it's not going to tell you the name of some entity in the dark corner of your attic it's going to light up when it gets a signal what does that really show yeah that i mean that is i think this is where we're going to differ a lot on this show is that i'm going to pull apart a lot of stuff and hey I come into this not as educated, and I come into this questioning a lot of things, and this podcast to me is also a learning experience for me. I will, there's so much that I want to learn, and I feel like I'm going to be able to do that and educate me, I guess. Cool. Throw some shit at me. And, Science. And I don't on, know. On your end, I'm ready for, for you to give me stuff that shuts me up. I would like to believe a little bit more in things that I don't. And I, I want to back up and say that I believe in a lot. I have not only seen what I believe to be is ghost mm-hmm. and had different audible and olfactory and, you know, um, visual experiences through hauntings, but I've seen something in the sky that I shouldn't have seen. You know, that started, and that was, you know, just 10 years ago or so, yeah. eight or nine years ago. Has it really been that long, Jason? It's been a while, but I, I had my own ufo experience and that i mean it happened so and i question my sanity sometimes about that that particular uh sighting but you know and and there are things about ufology and and people that that subscribe to the whole mufon is god type of thing that bugs me you know i don't think there are uh professionals or people that are experts regarding UFOs. I think there are good scientists out there that's looking into it. And there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of good momentum going right now, trying to explain some of the things that people are seeing. And now the government's involved in, you know, releasing videos of things that they're saying that's not theirs. And that's very interesting to me. Yeah. To just think about like, if it's nobody on earth, then it had to have came from outside of our, realm of you know our, our atmosphere yeah like possibly outside of the solar system so that's a huge interest to me um yeah and we're going to spend some time on other episodes of course talking about ufos and we'll have some interesting guests on and we'll share experiences and stuff like that um other things that we'll talk about psychic abilities telekinesis you know some classic poltergeist cases and you know, what differentiates these things from the average, um, you know, haunting type symptoms or descriptions that people give you, you know, when do you call a thing a poltergeist, mm-hmm. you know, or do you call everything a poltergeist or a demon? So it's kind what of makes a, what, what, yeah, you know? what makes what, what. So I think it's important to go through these topics and kind of give the facts, call out the BS and give credit to things that actually could be legitimate you know like i said i believe i really do i want to believe more though it's all very very exciting yeah very exciting and then of course on some future episodes we're going to do some experiments here in studio you can see we have our own space here um we have a little room we're going to do you know stuff with uh psychic phenomenon we're going to probably try an estes experiment here um some tarot readings maybe try some electronic 
experiments. I also want to do some product reviews, you know, get some things in here in studio and, and just kind of give opinions about whether or not it feels good, it feels right for technology and to, to ghost hunting or ufology mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just see if it fits. But it's all about giving our honest opinion and um, giving credit where it's due. But, you know, beyond that, um, you know, that's what we're here for. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So before we wrap, favorite paranormal TV show? Oh, come on, man. I don't know. I've really been into kindred spirits. I've heard a lot of good stuff about that. But aside from me following Ghost Adventures for, uh, let me talk. I'm talking like a long time. Yeah. Um, they'll always have a place in my heart. But what is her name? Katrina? You know, yes. Yeah. I love her. Everything she does on mm-hmm. television. I love her. She started with Paranormal State. Paranormal State. Um, there was one she did with Nick Groff that was really good, mm-hmm. and then she went with um, Jack Osborne. Yeah, yeah, that was and cool. that was great. I like uh, Jack. Portals to Hell. Yeah, so Portals to Hell. Anything she does, I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, some of my favorites uh, are Nothing and Nothing. No now chance. here's here's the thing. I check please. I have been <laughs> down the road per se with some of these shows in a, in a way that I'll get into later. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, some, some of the things on ghost adventures yeah. interest me, like some of the, yeah some of the evidence they get, you know, for me, 95% of that is just entertainment. You know, Zach and the gang are exciting mm-hmm. and they're, they're there to, to bolster the, the mood. Yeah. I think some of it's cool and it's a good show, but, I don't believe half of the shit that goes on, you know, so basically it's like, I'm not saying that any of it's fake, but a lot of it is, it's investigating with your personal experience. Like it's always about being touched or feeling something or being possessed and rolling around, kicking your flailing your arms on the floor. (laughs) It fucking happened on, on camera on that show, which is fine, but, and maybe that, Maybe there was possession, but I don't know. I'm just saying that I like to look for the the deeper, more factual things. Yeah, and you're not. Wrong. I kind of skid past the entertainment. I like the comedy and some of the th- like Aaron on Ghost Adventures. Oh, he's the best. He's pretty cool. He's like the that's. Best. I think he's a good part of the show. Um, yeah. So, you know, if I had to pick a show, I don't watch a ton of them anymore, but I'd probably say. I'd probably lean into Ghost Hunters a little bit because uh, it's a pioneer. So with that being said, speaking on like Ghost Hunters, okay, so let me briefly, before we wrap, explain myself. When, I, when it comes to these TV shows, it's about the evidence for me. It's about, I don't want to say the science, but also I want to say about science. It's about factual things, things that I can't explain. The entertainment portion, sure, it's exciting, and it kind of boosts the evidence to a degree. Like, I don't know, it makes some things more feel more credible. But when it comes to Katrina mm-hmm. and the things she does, it's like there is something credible in, like, the, the guys from Ghost Hunters. Sure. 
there is credibility in not a whole lot happening on these shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like shows like Ghost Hunters where it's just these guys in a location, they hear a few noises, have a few experiences without all the bullshit. There's credibility in that. Yeah, because for that's sure. that's I mean that's what it's like. That's what it is. And in fact, recently Jason Hawes came on to paranormal uh not paranormal, but uh, social media, mm-hmm. and it's kind of explained himself about how filming works and stuff like that. And um, you know, it, I think he did a good job of explaining the fact that you know, for for ghost hunters as a television show, um, they do a lot more cases and a lot more filming than what actually gets aired. So it's up to production and well, I'm sorry, it's up to the network about what gets aired. Mm-hmm. Production. You know the the studio on their end they produce a lot more than what showed so that it's it's uh jason's call and whoever's executive producer about what actually they investigate and how it goes down all that is their decision but it's the network that decides what's shown so um i think there's some legitimacy there on jason's end by saying that a lot of it's boring you know, a lot of yeah. things don't get aired because there's not anything of entertainment value going on. Right. And, you know, like, uh, what are they on now? The Travel Channel? Yeah. So it used to be sci-fi for Ghost Hunters. And then it, they went to Ghost Nation, and there was this whole thing about, you know, Jason and Grant going different ways. and But, you know, they're on travel now. So it's up to travel to, to really say what gets aired. Come correct. They're on Discovery Plus. Discovery Plus. Exclusively, I, I believe. Yeah, I, I, you are correct. Yeah. Yes. So Discovery Plus, Ghost Hunters, it's a good show. I actually haven't seen the new season, but... It's good. I, I do want to uh, wrap by just kind of coming clean about part of my past that, um, you know, people are going to know about and kind of a, a little a link to everything, you know, that, that I've been talking about. So I actually, and you know this, and, mm-hmm. you know, our, our, our guests are going to know this, but... I'm actually a former member of the Atlantic Paranormal Society. So I was a part of TAPS back in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran the TAPS family for that year. Um, it was after after the show aired. You know, it was on a couple years or so. They've been on forever. But yeah. I was a part of the organization. Um, I ran the groups that were involved in the TAPS family and tried to help structure that better. Um I preceded somebody else, and uh, you know, I, I kind of inherited that um, from a from a little bit of a difficult situation. But I personally, in the past, have known Jason and Grant. You, of course, as my daughter, have met them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I do have a connection to the organization. Taps. Um, there's no denying it. It's all public knowledge. Yep. But, you know, it was a, a short-lived thing. And then I got out of the paranormal shortly after that because of how the paranormal field is right now. A whole bunch of drama. Mm-hmm. So, and, and there's that whole topic. But, you know, I do have my link. I was, and I do want to say that I was never involved in production or the television show. Right. So, and then beyond that, you know, my, my involvement back in those days led me to knowing people um, outside of there that were paranormal celebrities. Um, When I started spearheading some of the events and putting that together for people, um, I got to meet 
you know, just about everybody out there at the time. And it was great. There are some great people out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we had some good times, um, you know, and, you know, there's just, it's, it's a nice field. I mean, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, there's some good people out there and I met a lot of people, but it did go south because of some legal reasons. Right. And then, you know, people that know what I'm talking about will read into it and, and figure that part out. But I'm not going to go into a lot of the legalities of it. Right. Even though there are none. Yeah. I and mean, that was 13 years ago. Um, I, I do wish things would have ended differently. It, it ended my involvement um, kind of publicly as a whole uh, because of what, what, what went down with an event. Yeah. And um, actually two events. Mm-hmm. But um, I... I hold a lot of responsibility as to what went on, but a lot of the things were absolutely out of my hands, and I fought and litigated to change things. I spent a lot of my personal money to make things right, and it just didn't get right, and I was absolutely shunned from the paranormal community. Mm -hmm. And there are people right now that still talk about it that are bitter. Yeah. And I wish I could... I wish I could hit the lottery and just make it right. Just do kind of like a, a market right side leveling of making people happy. Yeah. You know, because I do bear some responsibility. I The buck stops at me. Yeah. You know, so I made a lot of people a lot of money um, because of these events. And you'll never hear that stuff. You'll never hear it. You'll just hear that, you know, I'm a... You'll hear the bullshit before I'm, you hear the... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a charlatan or a crook or... You know, you'll hear that type of stuff. And, um, you know, the fact of the matter is is that there were investigations done of those things that happened. And, you know, law enforcement, you know, like uh, Department of Justice type things, organizations. Yeah. Absolutely nothing became of it because there was no, no criminal wrongdoing. But the paranormal community absolutely... Toss me out like a, like a bag of dicks. Yeah, <laughs> essentially <laughs> they I mean, were done. I, I remember I was on one radio show talking about. I was trying to defend. I was trying to distance some paranormal celebrities from this event that I'm talking about. Yeah, which, rightfully so, they had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the structural architect of the the event, but I was on a radio show trying to defend them and create that distance and explain myself and one one host said so they dropped you like a sack of hot potatoes referring to being on the atlantic paranormal society's team yeah and i i tried to downplay it and say no not really they did yeah and that's fine if i were in their place i would have done it as well yeah it's just how it is so um you know those guys lost out on some money and, you know, I, if I could right-size things, I would, but I can't. That was 13 years ago, so I I would like to say that it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say I will never host an event because that's just, that was a learning experience. You know, Listen, but, you live in and you learn. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, there, there are tons of great people putting on events, and, um, you know, I think that that, that type of business still thrives and but it's going to thrive without me it 
uh, I certainly won't do anything like that. This is what I want to do is talk, you know, because I do have a lot of experience, not only with pop culture and celebrities of this field. Yeah. I have a lot of experience with other things, you know, a lot of investigation time, you know, um, it's just a lot to talk about. So, but I wanted to get that out there before my name got associated, you know, in the wrong way. So, you know, that's who I am. That was my past. Um, that's why I got out, you know, so, but it was a good ride and, you know, I lost a lot of good friends and people. I actually had a very hard time with things, you know, it got so bad when I moved back, you know, to Ohio. Um, this all really kind of happened in Florida. Yeah. But when I went, I moved back to Ohio, I, I started having thoughts of suicide. I don't, oh know if, I don't know if you know that or not, but no. I, I really was in a corner to where I, I didn't know what to do. Like, I felt like the whole world was against me. Understandably. And I had no intent. I did nothing wrong. Like, I didn't mean for anybody to be harmed. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, I tried my best to get everything fixed. And basically what happened was is I kept putting on events that were successful. Mm-hmm. But the events, the revenue for them events kept going backwards to pay off other fees and expenses for past events. Right. So the big kahuna was the big hotel that we hosted the last big convention down in Florida. Mm -hmm. The hotel shut down and all this stuff. But prior to that, we had squeezed in a date and sold a lot of tickets to that. And it never happened. So I sued the hotel. I spent a lot of money doing it. It it was not successful. I was going up against a big Japanese corporation. And, um, you know, I ended up... uh, Shelling out a lot of money for that and trying to trying to make it right, but everything I did after that point was to pay off people and things that came after that for events. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, I I was told by a lot of my friends at the time, Brent, you need to blip off the map. You need to shut it down and disappear. In the final event, I actually just I took it all offline. Tickets were sold to the event. That event did not happen as well. I had no means to um, compensate people that basically, you know, already bought tickets. But a lot of people had reverse funds and got their money back through like PayPal. I can't remember the processor, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of people got their money back. But the event still went on because there's some good people out there that that actually, you know, I guess they felt responsible. And they hosted the event for the fans and the, the people that showed up. But but in the, in the mind of the public, I was just a crook. Like, I was just somebody that... But I, wanted, I want everybody to know that I'm just not some guy off the street that created events. This was my passion since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I've had groups. Um, I've done investigations. I've been a part of the paranormal field for a long time. I just so happened to become involved with TAPS. And got on board and hosted some events while I was doing that. And, you know, it, it gave me the network ability to to bring in good people and some exciting guests and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I guess Robert the Haunted Doll, um, bringing him from what a guy he Key is, West by the way, up to that event in, uh, <laughs> in Palm Harbor or wherever the Bellevue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that wasn't such a good idea. So No, I blame him. 
So I, I, <laughs> I guess I can honestly say I was the first person in the world to get Robert the Haunted Doll moved out of Key West, brought out of Key West to somewhere else. So, yeah, he appeared at one of our events. I'm convinced he broke my DSLR. <laughs> yeah, I was actually sick as a dog that weekend. Oh, that was awful. And I remember... Uh, somebody coming up upstairs we had the presidential suite and we kind of had our team and our headquarters running that and the first tapscon event of 2000 and i want to say it was 2007 Mm -hmm. was a a huge success i mean everybody had a great time there were 2000 people that showed up everybody from every paranormal show and not paranormal shows was there and i had a bunch of people come in it was kind of like a mega event what a time people had a great time and it was great but um, you know, and it it just it just went south from there. And I I remember that during that event, I spent a lot of time up in the suite, presidential suite, sick as a dog. Yeah, I thought I was gonna die. I don't think you ate that entire weekend. I didn't. I think you and some other people had to force me to to eat. We force fed you pizza, and I cried because I was worried about you. Yeah, yeah, it was hotter <laughs> than a dog's ass too. I mean, yeah, it was really hot. But I I even remember like like Grant Wilson. Yeah, you know, he was he was there as well, Jason, um, and everybody else. But yeah, I remember Grant was like, "Where's Brent? You know, this is his event." Yeah, and it didn't look good that I was up sick, but um, you live and you learn, man. Yeah, so you know that was that was a great experience, but you know we had some great great things go off after that. The Seven Sisters Inn. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the USS Haunted Hornet out in Alameda, California. That was great. Had some great guests out there. Work, worked with a lot of, uh, you know, really decent people in the celebrity field that, that, that appeared at these events. And, um, and I appreciate them and everything, but you know, they, they absolutely turned their back on me. Uh, whether, whether it was just to do it, you know, to be correct, politically correct, or, um, you know, for, for their own reasons. But I'm good with it. I'm at peace. I do expect people to dig up shit and try to trash this show. Well, I will tell you right now that I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, I've, I, I feel a certain way about the past, but this is my passion. I'm going to get on here and I'm going to talk about things that excite me and bug me. I'm going to call a spade a spade, and this is going to happen. And, you know, unfortunately, like, you've addressed it after 13 years or however long it's been, and that won't be good enough for a no. lot of people. And, and and mind you, people that had nothing to do with that experience, people that probably weren't even born yet, is probably going to talk shit about it. And you know what? And for all of those people, I am embarrassed for you. So Wow. I, I'm not embarrassed. I not I, not embarrassed for you. I'm embarrassed for these other people that. Oh, wow. well. I'm embarrassed for the people that don't know enough to speak on it, but will. Yeah, I will say, I you know, as far as I don't want to get into names, but people will know who I'm talking about. I was treated very fairly by the top paranormal celebrities. Mm-hmm about how things went down. I was treated very fairly. I don't have anything bad to say about um, two people in particular. Um, Like I said, I I was treated fairly. Um, I was distanced and shut out and shunned from the community, but I understand that. Yeah. I paid 
a price for it. I had a part of me ripped out, you know, and and I don't want this whole last part of the, the episode to be all about me and that shitty time, but hey, man. I need to clear the air. This is the introductory pilot episode of Shadow Things, and I want to make sure people know who I am. And if there's, uh, I hope I, I get the the opportunity later on to bring on some of the people from my past. Sure. And maybe talk about, you know, some of the good and the bad of the paranormal. You know, if they want to ask me something about back in those days, I may or may not be open to talk about it, but I'm here. You know, Shadow Things is here to stay, and I want to talk about real topics. I want people to enjoy the show and enjoy the evidence that we critique mm-hmm. and and feature i want people to enjoy our guests we're going to have some really brilliant people on the show that know their field and provide you know classic podcast entertainment right so so that's it for a nutshell i think that um we're going to wrap up now and i want to say that i appreciate every one of you that tuned in to the podcast on youtube um whether you're catching it from spotify or you know just simply listening in your car um, appreciate you stopping by and we look forward to more but with that we are out and we're going to go hang out in an attic or maybe a basement or cornfield and something something do cool our thing so appreciate you all um, we'll be back with the next episode where we're going to pick out three cat classic paranormal cryptid and ufology cases and discuss them for an hour and a half we're going to have our first guest on next um, well, two weeks from now, uh, Kurt Ehaus, uh, the second or tied for second or first most brilliant person I've ever known, mm. part of my past. But he's going to be our guest on next episode. And we're looking forward to seeing everybody there. Appreciate you.